You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter. And uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, show, my first show after the uh, elections. There's not much one can say about the election, except it's uh, to say that, uh, you know, the the achievements of President Trump uh, were not determinative. Uh, I suppose one could say that uh, President Trump was his own worst enemy. He certainly offended enough uh, ordinary, used to be Republican voters, particularly women in the suburbs, uh, to... Um, to lose the election, and you know, I don't want to go over the the thing. Obviously, uh, if you took, you know, you have to be willfully blind not to realize there's widespread fraud. But there's also something else, and that was widespread voting in violation of state laws. Uh, people who voted were probably eligible to vote, but the Democrats wanted a, a way to kind of harvest these votes mail out these ballots, go collect the ballots, and not that these people didn't have the right to vote, but they <clears throat> would ordinarily not have voted. But in any case, <coughs> excuse me, as I say to my friends, you got three questions. Was there widespread fraud and illegal vote voting? Yes. Second question, was there enough of that to turn the election from, uh, at least the Electoral College, from uh, uh, Trump to Biden? And the answer to that question is maybe. And if you think the answer is yes, can it be proven? And the answer to that is no. Uh, the rules of evidence, there's no way for uh, uh, to, to, to prove that occurred. And, and another issue is uh, this is a matter of politics, and this is a matter of the Republicans blowing it. I mean, let's face it, the Republicans had control of the state legislatures in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, I think Arizona. I mean, so why didn't they do something? Trump did warn them about this votes coming in fraudulently, or or they didn't say it, also in violation of state laws. And in every one of those states, the Republican legislatures could have acted, and they did not. So one one either says the Republicans are too stupid, which is the usual explanation, or they're wanting to get rid of Trump, which is a possibility. Uh, you know, he's upset the apple cart, I suppose. In any case, uh, Trump uh, was his own worst enemy, and for various and sundry reasons, Trump had to go. So where am I? Well, let's take a look at the future. First of all, let's get straight. Who really rules this country? And, uh, I mean, it's not the Democratic Party. It's, 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 they are part of the ruling operation, but the rulers of this country are really the major corporations. And I say that because of the power of the tech corporations. We're talking about Amazon and Google and Facebook. We're talking about the the, uh, the the Larry Pages and the Sergey Brins who, uh, who control Google through their control of Alphabet. We're we're talking about Bill Gates. We're talking about Jeff Bezos. It's it's almost a throwback. It is a throwback to the time when the 
international trading companies, East India Company and what have you, really were more powerful than than the countries. And uh, they had these trading monopolies, the 1700s, early 1800s. People forget that India was essentially colonized by the British Trading Company, East India Company, not by the British government. They came in later to protect the economic interests of, of the company. But the, the we're moving in that direction now where, where the Amazons and the Googles uh, and the Facebooks of the world really have more power, more influence than governments. Uh, they are the, they are those people who run these companies, and what are they in favor of? Well, we're moving away from the free market to capitalism, uh, and we're moving towards a corporate state. This is a corporatism, very often called the administrative state. Corporatism simply means that that it's not socialism. It's not strictly socialism. Uh, the, the Republicans are too stupid to explain what really is going on, so they call it socialism. But it's really uh, corporatism. It's big uh, big government, big big corporations, and big unions get together and make all the decisions. The centralized economic authority, and for that matter, political authority, economic authority, uh, in in the central government. Uh, you have to understand these these major corporations. They don't want competition, and in that case, they are aligned with the current Marxist uh, pre-revolutionary period in this country. Uh, what, what are the major corporations and these the, and, and the Sergey Brins and the Jeff Bezos and the Larry Pages and the Bill Gates? They're interested in two things, and whatever their motivations are, they're interested in two things: power and money. What are the what's the, uh, the the current utopian political movement, which is Black Lives Matter's leadership said, you know, we are trained Marxists. What what are they interested in? Antifa, the you know, who, the stormtrooper uh, uh, wing of, of of the of the movement. They're interested in two things: power and destruction. So. The corporations are interested in power and money. These they're interested in power and destruction. Well, destruction is fine with to an extent to the corporate major corporations because they destroy small business. Marx made it plain that to, to set up a socialist state, you had to get rid of small business, the petty bourgeois, because they were wedded to property rights, and property rights was incompatible with the coming communist utopia. So they had to go. And read your Marx. You don't believe me, just read your Marx or the summary of Marx. It makes it very plain that small business have to go. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, you know, when Lenin, uh, by, by collectivizing the farms, created a, uh, a famine in, in the Soviet Union and he was, uh, a peasant revolt was brewing, he put in the new economic policy. What was the new economic policy? It was a return to the free market, in, at least in the farming sector. So the farmers who knew how to grow crops, knew how to feed other people, they they they, they saved the communist regime in, in the Soviet Union. And what happened when Stalin took over, a true believer, well, he did the same thing. He collectivized the farms. 
Well, we had all these 40,000 kulaks. Who are the kulaks? Those people were the successful small businessmen. He had them all shot. And then what saved the Soviet Union, aside from the war with Hitler, is all the help we got from the United States, all that money that poured in. Uh, I mean, after all, Patton was right. We should have let uh, Germany and Russia fight it out and destroy each other, but we didn't. In any case, we... Trump has to go. Let's let's talk about what is what has happened. And I, I get more much more specific on this. What is Trump understood the problem? He understood the internationalization of power. He understood, and he understood the fact that the major corporations who are really running the show, Amazon, Google, Facebook. And the, the big tech companies, not not the oil companies, not not ExxonMobil. They're not running the show anymore. ExxonMobil got kicked off the industrial, the the the, the uh, third industrials uh, in the Dow Jones. Now it's dominated by these tech companies. So uh, what uh, what uh, what's going on? Well, one thing Trump really got a lot of these people very angry with, and that is that. The Trump tax cut. Now the Democrats like the demagogic, you know, oh, so help the rich, help the rich. Well, it's below me. It mostly helped the middle class and the lower classes in terms of added income. But in terms of the wealthiest concern, yes, the marginal tax rate was cut. Yes, the corporate tax rate was cut. And by the way, corporations don't pay taxes. Don't let me fool you. Corporations are artificial legal entities. The people, the they're, if they're taxed, they got to pass the tax on to the people who pay it, which is you and I. So people pay taxes, not corporations. So either when, when corporate taxes are raised uh, to make uh, the, you know, the, the uh, for demagogic reasons, uh, you know, we're getting to the rich. No, you're not. Uh, you're, you're reducing people's wages. You are reducing benefits. And you are raising prices when you do that. So let, let's corporate taxes, you know, better off, closer to zero they are, the better off. But in any case, um, in any case, uh, corporations uh, know how to uh, off, offload their their tax liabilities. Uh, I mean, what, what, what did Amazon pay in taxes? Oh, average taxes over the last several years, 10%. Yeah, because they have all sorts of offshore ways of, uh, of uh, hiding taxes and moving, moving the revenue around so they don't pay taxes on it. Uh, so, uh, you know, big deal. So, raise, lower the tax rate. Well, good. Amazon lowered below where Trump has it. But, but what, what annoyed the a lot of these wealthy, particularly those who live in the high tax states. We're talking about New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, California. Uh, these are all the high tax states. And the high-tax states are used to being subsidized by the low-tax state. Don't you believe it when the left says, oh, you know, we get more in taxes than we get back from the federal government. Yeah, well, it's, but if you don't include all the money the Fed spend on uh, office space, on on bureaucrats, and, and all that other transfers that go into a state from the federal government for, for uh, supporting services... And it also doesn't include the fact, and this is a very important fact, is, is how the low-tax states support the high-tax states before Trump. 
and that was that in the high-tax states, in all states, wealthy could write off their state taxes against their federal taxes. Trump tax cuts capped the write-off at $10,000 per year. So those people who were making millions of dollars on Wall Street, who were paying hundreds of thousands in taxes, and they no longer could write those taxes off against their federal taxes. Their state taxes no longer could be written off against their federal taxes. And boy, that annoyed them. And as I tell my students, follow the money trail. Who did Wall Street, particularly the financial manipulators on Wall Street, people who make their money in, like rents by increasing the value of paper derivatives rather than the real thing, they had a huge hit in terms of their taxes. And of course, Wall Street, of course, is a big supporter of the Democrats. And that's one reason the Democrats are much friendlier to the things that benefit Wall Street, uh, like staying out of their way when they want to make deals with Red China, uh, staying out of their way when they want to play footsie with Iran, uh, tax tax policies, regulatory policies. It's the last thing they want to see is uh, uh, deregulation because deregulation helps small companies more than big companies. It's the last thing they want to see. So, of course, all the, the money from uh, from Wall Street goes overwhelmingly. In fact, if you look at the top 15 billionaires uh, who have actually made about a trillion extra, uh, worth about a trillion dollars, excuse me, Combined worth is a trillion dollars in the top 15 billion. Look it up. Almost all of them are Democrats. Uh, right. And almost all of them. Oh, we're up against the break. Well, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I would also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Professor Robert Dagestato back with you, Facts Matter, and I was discussing uh, why Trump had to go. And we'll get back to the main theme in a minute. And I was up to this issue of taxes and the fact that the Trump tax bill uh, capped the state tax write-off 
at $10,000. And you have all these very wealthy folks uh, making lots of money uh, in their in their financial shenanigans, financial manipulations on uh, Wall Street. And they live in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Massachusetts, California, the high-tax states. And they didn't take kindly to the fact that they got a tax, effectively a tax increase. Now, of course, <clears throat> Biden does what he's told. He always has. He's always been corrupt. He's always done what he's told. Uh, and, uh, and of course, he's also got to worry about uh, anything happening about his very crooked son. Uh, but um, it, what's interesting is that President Biden and President-elect Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer have all <clears throat> said that they support a lifting of the cap or elimination of the cap. In other words, they support a huge tax cut for the wealthy. What wealthy? The wealthy that support the Democrats. They're going to pay off their constituents. And by the way, the um, information comes from the Brookings Institute uh, uh, in their tax study. And you can look it up. Brookings Institute uh, tax uh, tax write-offs. And you'll get an interesting article from Brookings. So anyway, the Democrats, one of the first things they're going to do is they're going to cut the tax taxes for the wealthy. Uh, and which, which makes sense. Democrats are the party of the affluent and, and the very wealthy. Particularly, the more wealthy you are, the more likely to be a Democrat because you're into areas, you're not producing anything. You're not producing steel. You're not mining for coal or oil and gas and what have you. You're, you're, you're making money on the service sector, you're making money in the tech sector, and you're being protected. And how else you're being protected? Well, this elimination, this, this exception for the tech companies to uh, certain of the acts, the Commerce Act of, I think, eight, in 1800, 1996, the, the Decency Act, uh, promulgated under Clinton, uh, was uh, 230 really protected the tech companies from the antitrust acts. So the monopolies, big companies were were required by federal law to treat everybody equally in terms of providing services if they were in such a monopoly position. That didn't apply. Amazon is notorious for treating different customers differently and different charges. And so Amazon can make or break you because of what they do. Remember, Amazon has uh, two, 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 two revenue streams that are really crucial. One is the you know, primary re- revenue stream. Uh, you have a product. You buy it from somebody, you resell it. You're a middleman in that sense that you're, you're buying products wholesale and reselling at reset, retail. So you're dealing the products. But their second revenue stream, which is now, I think, the biggest one, is the third-party revenue stream that you let people position products on your website. And if someone buys that product, by use of your website through your website, you get a fee. Kind of your third party, you're a third party to the transaction in the sense that you don't deal with the product. 
and you don't deal with the direct sale, but you get a fee. So being placed in Amazon in the right spot at the right time, uh, in, in the, in the right context can make or break companies and they pay fees and Amazon can essentially charge whatever fee they want to. Uh, and they do, they discriminate against certain companies and, uh, and so, you know, in a sense, Amazon rules the world. And of course, with this pandemic and with the, uh, the government's overreacting to the pandemic with these nonsensical lockdowns, which don't help anything. Um, a lot of people turn to, to Amazon for deliveries and for their food and what have you, uh, putting lots and lots of small businesses out of business. Uh, note that the governors who are so fond of lockdowns, Michigan, New York, California, New Jersey, uh, they're all... Uh, Democrats, and they all are doing the dirty work of the left by getting rid of small businesses. I can't, there is no evidence that lockdowns do anything but delay the spread. This is a respiratory disease that's going to spread no matter what. Quarantining people who are vulnerable, great idea. Locking down the whole country, the whole economy, the consequences have been devastating to people's lives. Not only suicides are up, drug use is up, bankruptcies are way up. And there's no particular reason for this, these lockdowns. I suppose if you locked everybody in their house and would never let them leave, uh, I suppose it, it couldn't spread until they left. Sooner or later they leave. As soon as they leave, it spreads. This is a, this is a, a respiratory disease. And we have a Trump administration to thank for this uh, warp speed development of the vaccine because he cut through all the regulations to uh, to allow things to occur. I don't know which vaccines are best, and most people don't know. There are two vaccines that have been proved. There's some more vaccines coming. You know, good old competition. There'll be four or five vaccines. We'll see. Let's get back to this. So we now have a second reason why uh, Trump has to go. That is, he wants to actually subject these monopolies to the antitrust laws, subject them, not protect them for what they do and don't publish. So he wants to make changes so that, you know, let's face it, if, if you want to really know how powerful, how really powerful these uh, big tech companies are and how they're really running the world, then I, 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 I go to Harper's Magazine, the September 20. Uh, September 2020 issue, okay? And they have a wonderful article by Barry Lynn, L-Y-N-N, called The Big Tech Extortion Racket, How Google, Amazon, and Facebook Control Our Lives. And they don't want to lose that control. Remember what I said in the beginning. This is a corporate estate. They want a corporate estate. And a corporate state, they want to be left to their own devices to do what they want to do, control the economy, control the international economy. And Trump, is, aside from the, his, the, 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 the tax write-off, which hits a lot of these people directly, uh, Trump's threat to do something about the, uh, the Commerce Act of 1887, uh, because don't forget, this Commerce Act of 1887, which, of course, they're not subject to, 
these tech companies, uh, the act was based upon the understanding that monopoly networks like, in those cases, the railroad and telegraph, could be used to influence the actions of people who depend on them. And therefore, their power must be carefully restricted. Well, does not sound like our tech giants right now. I think we ought to restrict some of their power and their ability to manipulate the, 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 their users. Look, what, 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 what's Facebook? What, 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 what's Facebook's business? Selling your private information. You give them all sorts of information about you, what you like, where you go, where you travel to, what you buy, and Facebook sells it to advertisers. Then advertisers, you know, so you, you, you talk in Facebook about, you know, wanting to buy a canoe and, and, and you go to Google and, and put, put in canoe sales and you're going to get 10 advertisements for canoes in no time flat. So Facebook, their primary business is selling your information. That's what their business really is. And of course, your information that you give Facebook for free. So, I mean, the last thing they want is any regulation. And I said, well, well, you're a conservative, Professor Dykeson. You talk about regulation? Yeah, of course I am. You can't let any entity get too powerful, whether it's the government. Of course, they like it the government gets too powerful because a powerful central government eliminates competitions, i.e. startups, small business. There's a lot of studies out there that show that in times of a Weak central governments, weak uh, entrepreneurship flourishes. Uh, in, in times of strong re- regulatory regimes, when the regulations are always the regulators are always captured by the big, the big economic interests, and they always have a terrible effect on small business when you overregulate. And of course, with the new Democratic administration coming in, they, they will re-regulate the economy. And as we had during the Obama administration, we'll have uh, continuing small businesses going out of business and, and big businesses getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I mean, I mean, how can you say that uh, the, the small corner grocery store or the small uh, corner uh, retail shop is non-essential and therefore has to close, but you let the big box stores stay open? I mean, what's going on? Go back to what I said in the beginning. What are the big corporate tech corporations particularly interested in? They want power and money. And, and Trump is interfering. Trump's tax bill interfered with tax. Trump was threatening to do something about their um, immu- immunity from uh, uh, control and from treating people discriminatively based on their own interests. And Mostly Trump was threatening their access to the Chinese market. So you have the big tech corporations now allied with communist China because they want complete access to that. They also want access to cheap labor. I mean, how much, how many of the iPhones and whatever else are, are, are made in China? But they want the labor and they want access to the huge market. 1.3 billion people as opposed to 230, 330 million in this country. No, no contest. They want access to China, and they don't want Trump interfering with it. And they don't care that China becomes the dominant power in the world because they don't consider themselves American citizens, really, I mean, psychologically. 
They're citizens of the world. They're global citizens. They operate in globally. So who cares which com- country is dominant as long as they have access to markets? That's, that's, the, that's, that's the crucial thing, access to markets. They, and just like in the 1700s and 1800s, when these international trading companies dominated the world, could care less about the people in their own country. I mean, to a large extent, uh, people in, in, in Great Britain didn't benefit from the, the wealth that was being accumulated by the leaders of these trading companies. It took a long time before they started to benefit. They did eventually, as they uh, as things got you know, income got so divided up, so unbalanced that uh, unruly people became unruly they became a little rebellious and therefore the ruling classes decided to start to react to their demands and you had the heyday of uh, free market capitalism which of course has ended and it, it ended with the Obama administration and Clinton administrations but Obama particularly and with his incredible regulatory regime and uh, although Trump reversed it to an extent, uh, it will be, his deregulation will be reversed by the, by the Democrats. And okay, Robert, look, it's time to take a break. Okay. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I would also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, Hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor D'Agostino, back with Do Facts Matter, and I'm talking about uh, how the country really is uh, ruled. Uh, let's face it, it, Larry, the Google, people, the two people who control Google completely, uh, Larry Page and uh, Sergey Brin. And by the way, you say... Uh, well, you know, they have other shareholders. No, no, Google has, uh, Alphabet has three classes of shares, and the voting uh, voting uh, shares are in the hands of uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. So they are uh, the rulers. Twitter, Jack Dorsey, he's a ruler. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. So, and then there's Bill Gates. So uh, Bill Gates, who apparently wants to put 
tracers or chips and everybody to monitor their health and their contacts during a pandemic. And that's right. We put a chip in everybody, and sooner or later, that follow them all around the world. You, the government will always know where you are in every moment. A little like Red China, you know, Communist China. They, they have these social um, uh, credits, and uh, you, you earn social credits by saying the right things, doing the right things. Uh, you know, typical of, of government. You know, first government uh, warns you about things. You know, and then. Uh, then it tells you uh, what what you must think. Uh, we're getting that now. I mean, Nancy Pelosi has promulgated a, some new rules for reports in this House of Representatives. And, and, um, and what do these new rules say? You can't use the term husband and wife. You can't use the term grandson, granddaughter. You have to use the term spouses, uh, siblings, no brothers and sisters. All this language is now being polluted by by the these people, uh, the cancel culture. So what? What? So the government tells you what you think, then it tells you what you can say, which is where we are now. And then, uh, of course, the government will decide uh, what you can do. And we're seeing that now. I mean, and it's it's government allied with the big corporations, the cancel culture. The cancel culture could not operate if the big institutions in this country didn't go along with big corporations, the academic institutions, a lot of big foundations, Hollywood, they, they go along with the cancel culture. So people can't say anything anymore, can't say what they mean. Look, <laughs> we finally, look what happened in Washington the, the Democrats finally found a mob they didn't like. I mean, you know, that's one of the th- things you might look at. I'm not excusing uh, what some of the people did. By the way, uh, there's no question in my mind that Antifa professional agitators were there helping to stir it up, helping to guide what would happen. They were well-equipped. They had communications equipment. They had the tools for break-ins. They were there, and they took advantage of a situation, and they stirred up a, a bunch of not, you know, bunch of people that should have known better and uh, not excusing them at all but but who's going to get punished the people who, who sat on the steps took selfies they're all going to get fired they're all going to be canceled and the antifa organizers nothing will happen to them nothing whatsoever and people say oh what about the fbi the fbi is so corrupt they uh, they're worthless in terms of uh, dealing with this kind of uh, left-wing behavior. So let's get back here, and, and uh, we know who our, the rulers are, really, the, 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 the big academic institutions or the educational or, or the propaganda wing. Uh, you got the Black Lives Matter and Antifa, the, you know, the uh, stormtrooper wing, uh, and, and then you have the Democrat by the political wing, and, and you have, but you have two very interesting uh, uh, let's say uh, combinations. You've got the big economic interests, Wall Street, uh, financial manipulators, the financial uh, make people make money on on, uh, on on hedge funds, kind of you know, a large extent of what we call renters or rentiers. Uh, what is uh, no? They don't produce anything. The uh, they make their money out of der- derivatives. 
paper that's derivative from, from, from something. Um, and uh, but they're interested in power, of course. I mean, humans are always interested in power and money. And I guess their third interest is sex. And But if you have power and money, the, the, the sex is an easy part to, to come by. Uh, but power and money. But the left interested in power. You saw Alinsky's from that that you have to get power. So the left is always interested in power. And, the, and, and of course, but the utopian left. Now, one can say, well, you know, this really doesn't exist. There's always people pulling their strings, manipulating them. After all, uh, Lenin wasn't a, a pro-talent uh, <laughs> worker. And pro Excuse me, I'm, I'm really happy to troll here with my, my throat. But but uh, the leaders are always a vanguard. Lenin called them the bank, intellectual vanguard. And so the people at the universities consider themselves intellectual vanguards. But yet we always remember what Orwell said, that there are some ideas that, that are so absurd, only an intellectual would believe them. And uh, that's certainly, you know, the typical Harvard intellectual in the English department or uh, it probably fits there. Uh, now, the... Um, so what happens, though? You have this kind of Marxist-inspired utopian scheme that the progressives are trying to sell to the country, and so far, fairly successfully. Uh, and but they're into not money as much as destruction. Power, absolutely, you want to exercise power. And why destruction? Because no utopian scheme ever works. You always got to keep destroying because you never achieve your goal. Look at what happened in communist China under Mao Zedong. He's in power for how many years? 20 years plus? Almost 20 years? And he unleashes the cultural revolution. Why? I thought he had set up the utopian scheme. But no. He had to try again. So the left has a way of destroying itself. French Revolution. Danton, a leader of the of the revolution, who is, you know, manning the guillotines, and cutting off people's heads because they were uh, aristocrats. Uh, didn't care what age they were: twelve year olds, twenty year olds, fifty year olds, seventy year olds. Aristocrat, they had to go. To have equality, equality, equality. So Danton was one of the leaders. What happened to Danton? He got his head chopped off because he wasn't quite pure enough. Robespierre, the incorruptible Robespierre. What happened to Robespierre? He got his head chopped off eventually, Thermidor. So the point is, this destruction is always the byword of the left. No matter what it is, as I think Dennis Prager was very good about this, in radio, whatever the left touches, they destroy. And the left is destroying. They've decided to destroy the family. They're succeeding. They've decided to destroy the churches. They're succeeding. They've decided to destroy constituted order. They're succeeding. And, and, and of course, they now want to destroy the market. They're succeeding, particularly small business. You, I can't, is, I don't say that Cuomo and Gretchen uh, uh, governor of uh, Michigan, Whitmer, Murphy in, in, in uh, 
New Jersey and Newsom in California. What, what, I'm saying that I don't think they're doing a lot of this stuff purposely, but in the sense that they know they're destroying com- They're listening to people who have ulterior motives, who are Marxists, who are trained Marxists, and they want to destroy small business. It's important in terms of centralizing power to get people who are wedded to property their property rights and who can be independent of government can make some money and can take care of their own without the help of government they got to get rid of them and so those governors are playing along with this and they may have good reasons in their own mind for doing this but they're ignoring the science about lockdowns and they're and, and they're inconsistent about saying you know that's essential that's not essential abortion clinics are essential uh, going to church is not essential and so they just to give an example small businesses are not essential walmart is, is essential you know why uh, it, it just it, it's it, it's amazing contradictions but since the internet is is with them they cover it up i mean there was a study by some professor uh, i heard him on tv and he was talking about the internet really influences between 5 and 15 million votes. So people don't get the information. No, they get the information that only the rulers want them to get. And, I mean, look at the difference in reaction to what happened in Washington. No, these rioters, and they were, and they need to be arrested, but what about the looters? They weren't arrested. What about the rioters out in Milwaukee, in OSHA, and, and Minneapolis? Most of them weren't arrested, and those who were arrested were let go immediately. And were there any consequences? Were they fired from their jobs? No. Did the organizers get uh, punished? No. And now they're talking, because Trump uh, gave a speech that, uh, well, he's guilty of something or other. What is he guilty of? I mean, he's guilty of bad judgment, that's for sure. And there's no question in my mind that Trump needs to go away. That Trump, Trump is now a liability. It may be too late, maybe too late for the country, but you never know. Maybe uh, Joe Manchin of uh, West Virginia will uh, finally uh, get some guts or uh, really just uh, follow through on his professed convictions. Unlikely, because uh, no, even though he always talks a good, uh, good game, as soon as it comes to the vote, he votes with the left-wing Democrats every time in any, any crucial issue. Uh, now, he said he won't go along with packing the Supreme Court. We'll see. When, when, it, when, it, comes to, when it comes to the vote, we'll see where he is. Uh, I mean, uh, but uh, how about institutionalizing uh, vote fraud and vote harvesting? Certainly they're going to try and do that. The Democrats have, have, have you know, won the Senate by, insti- is, uh, by use of uh, vote harvesting. I, I think in Georgia, yeah, there was vote fraud. But the Democrats always commit vote fraud. But I think the big thing was the, was the various ways of harvesting votes, mail-in ballots, collecting the ballots, helping people fill out the ballots. Uh, yes, people who are eligible to vote otherwise, but who would not have voted if it weren't for this. I think there's a, a whole element there, and Stacey Abrams you know, understood that and organized it. And she had hundreds of millions of dollars to work with, so why not steal the... Uh, or why not manipulate? I, I don't want to say steal. Why not manipulate the elections in Georgia? Um, 
in any case, we're at a, at a situation now where we have a utopian movement, left-wing utopian movement that that is that is Marxist in, in nature, and they're interested in power and instance creating the utopia. We have the the corporate elements, the major international corporate elements, in cahoots with the governments, uh, Democrat Party, and uh, the academic institutions, and they're interested in power. And uh, but also, there's a large element interested in money which does not necessarily reflect what the Marxist utopians are interested in. Power, of course, always power. But the control they want is inconsistent to an extent, to a large extent, with what the other elements want. So sooner or later, we're going to have a clash. And since we can be pretty sure that the... Black Lives Matter people, Antifa, those people are being funded by these same corporate interests and, and, and foundation interests. They will start to cut off their funding and start telling the Democrat prosecutors to do something about the crime. Right now, the crime fits what they what they, what they need. It causes instability. It causes people to start right, looking to the federal for government for it. For it power and uh, control. So I think we're in a very dangerous position in this country, extremely dangerous. And it seems to me that, uh, you know, there's a book written some years ago called The Twilight of Liberty, and I think we're probably there. We're at the twilight of liberty. Uh, Okay, break time, Robert. Okay, okay, well, uh, we're up against a break, and I'll be right I'll be right back after the break to finish up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hey guys, it's Minister Frankie with Shine His Light Ministries. It's getting cold outside and winter is coming. It's time to shine a little light on our friends on the street. We're collecting blankets and coats for the homeless all winter long. Please donate by going to our website at www.shinehislightministry.com or text 770-655-655. 8055. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino back with Do Facts Matter and about who the real rulers are. I want to uh, um, read a kind of a scary uh, excerpt from the Harper's article the, uh, that I mentioned earlier, which is the big tech extortion racket by Barry Lynn. And here's what, uh, uh, kind of an interesting thing. In 2018, this is an excerpt from this article. 2018, an Irish technologist named Dylan Curran downloaded the information Google had collected about him. All in all, Curran found the corporation had gathered 5.5 gigabytes of data on his life 
or the equivalent of more than 3 million Word documents. In an article for The Guardian, which is a newspaper in Britain, Curran wrote the, that within this trove he found, every Google ad I've ever viewed or clicked on, every app I've ever launched or used, and when I did, every website I've ever visited, what time I did it. They also have every image I've ever searched for and saved, every location I've ever searched for or clicked on, every news article I've ever searched for or read, and every single Google search I've made since 2009, and every YouTube video I've ever watched or for I've searched for or viewed since 2008. In addition, Curran discovered that Google keeps a detailed record of what events he attends and when he arrives, what photos he takes and when he takes them, what exercises he does and when he does them, and that he has kept every email he has ever sent or received, including those he has deleted. Third, Google built a business renting its technology and data allowing anyone to steer individuals to buy a particular product, read a particular article, vote for a particular person, hold, hold racist views about a particular group. But another way, Google built a business on its ability to manipulate individuals' thoughts and perceptions and fears and desires. The model has proven phenomenally successful. Well, it seems to me that that's a pretty frightening uh, statement of how powerful and how manipulative and how much of control Google exercises over our lives. And certainly, if that professor, I think from the University of Massachusetts, professor, I can't remember, uh, was right about the influence that Internet has, Trump should have won the election by 15 million votes if it weren't for the Internet. Google, Facebook, Twitter, and their censorship. They're steering people one way or another, manipulating people's ideas, fears, wishes, hopes. I mean, we have a situation in this country now where I would, which I found is incredible, and that is the internet and the mainstream media you know, the, the two propaganda wings uh, have convinced a large portion of the American people that the rioting and looting was justified the rioting and looting was justified that is absolutely incredible they excuse it by the spurious claim about systemic racism you know it's like to look around Look around the success of the African-American community, the American black community in sports, entertainment, business world, politics. Any, any area you look at, what's systemic racism? The systemic racism is what's gone on. The so-called evidence of systemic racism is, is is the inner cities. Well, who created the inner cities the way they are? The Democrats. If there's any systemic racism in this country, it's, it's, it's the Democrat Party, which is the vehicle for systemic racism. It's, 
Democrat Party, which give us with one hand and take us away with their policies. They pass executive orders ever since Roosevelt and, you know, supposedly dealing with some areas of discrimination, and then they promulgate regulations for redlining. Yes, it's the Franklin Roosevelt administration that did the redlining. It's the Franklin Roosevelt administration that, that uh, prevented banks from uh, giving loans in, uh, to renovate homes in inner cities. And, it's, and one way they appealed for, to voting is, is keep black folks away from you with zoning, allowing zoning laws and redlining and, and, and making sure if, if, an, if any area got any black residents in it, suddenly the banks were not giving mortgage loans or suddenly the VA was not guaranteeing mortgage loans. It's a Franklin Roosevelt administration. Truman, he was better, but he too went along with a lot of this. Eisenhower was much better still, and, and his uh, uh, Clarence Mitchell, the lion in the lobby, the great uh, lobby, lobbyist for the NAACP during this, uh, he worked for the government in the 50s and lobbies in the 60s, Civil Rights Act, pointed out that Eisenhower, unlike Truman, was actually committed to uh to ending uh, uh, segregation, was committed to, to uh, it wasn't an integrationist particularly, but he was committed to equal opportunity and and, uh, and equal treatment, uh, unlike uh, the Democrats who mostly worried about how many votes they had. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Robert Kennedy and Hubert Humphrey, uh, and they were, I think, genuinely concerned and genuinely uh, helped uh, out of moral uh, motivations like Herbert Brownell, uh, Eisenhower's uh, attorney general, completely committed uh, on moral and fairness grounds. Um, but the Democratic Party is the party that's created the mess. I mean, what's the greatest failure, domestic failure? The war in poverty. The war in poverty destroyed the lower class families. Because it replaced, the government then replaced the parents, particularly the male, the father, who were driven out of the home as a supporter and protector of a family. And there's lots of stuff out there about crime being committed by fatherless males, young males, that, that single family homes are a breeding ground, single parent homes, excuse me, is a breeding ground for failure in school, for crime, for what goes on. I mean, it's it, it's there. It's all there. And now Black Lives Matter is, and some other black organizations are putting out uh, stuff that says, well, this is, that's white. That's that's white, white, white man's behavior. We don't have to behave that way. Well, yeah. Huh? And, and what do we have now? With, with the ascendancy of the progressive movement, the ascendancy of this nonsense about uh, systemic racism. Look, I don't deny, and no one denies, that there is that element of driving while black and police stopping you. You pay a price. On the other hand, stop and frisk, as done in the Giuliani administration, Rudy Giuliani in New York, maybe overdone by um, by Bloomberg. The murder rate in New York went down. Thousands of lives were saved. 
by stop and frisk. Yes, and a number of black young males were stopped or black males were stopped. It's humiliating and it's resent- they resented it. That's a price one paid for reducing the crime because who is committing the homicides? Who is? It was young black males, and so so, and stop and fishermen. They left the guns home and didn't shoot each other. And so, the next step is to figure out how to get things away. And Marquette uh, Law School really had an interesting uh, uh, symposium about dealing with the crime and some of the things that one could do and some of the things where we could eliminate some of the programs that might work and might not work. So those interested in that can read the Marquette Law Review. It was fairly recent, maybe in the last month or so, they had a symposium. And I think it's worth reading and it's worth our politicians to read. But of course the Democrats, I don't care. Uh, they make hay by this kind of criminality. You know, it's like uh, the the Brady pack uh, interested in gun control, and I think I mentioned this before. Right when when the Brady pack uh, sent me a, a request for money because uh, of gun control, I sent him back a question. Yes, I see that you want to you know remove guns uh, from society, mostly from law-abiding citizens. Because how about removing guns from criminals. What do you want to do about that? And of course, I got no response because they're not interested in removing guns from criminals. The, the ideological point is more important than the point. So black lives really don't matter unless uh, unless the black lives taken by a white cop, I suppose, or a cop of any sort because they're going after black policemen too. Uh, parts to destroy the, the constituted order. Well, uh, I, I think that I will end up after I with with this, and that is, what can we do about things? What, how can we prevent the unraveling of the country? And I don't think we really can. Frankly. Thirty seconds. I think the unraveling is 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 going to go on because you look back, the the elites in this country will benefited greatly from the, the tech and international trade at the expense of... Uh, Got to wind it up, folks. Robert. Okay, well, uh, sorry, can't quite finish my sentence, but uh, uh, listen again, hope you listen again next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.